Welcome to the Mixtape. I'm Valerie. And I'm Natalie. Today we have a conversation between a recruiter and a candidate turned client. Kristen Lewis is a recruiting lead at Mixed Talent and recruited Janielle Newland into the role she has today at Viridian Therapeutics as SVP of Human Resources. This dynamic duo has been pivotal to supporting hiring efforts for Viridian during this period of incredible growth. Kristen is one of our early mixers. She was one of the first few to join the team, and it's so great to see her continue to grow this relationship with Viridian. And I know last season we talked about the growth potential for biotech here in the Midwest, which is kind of exploding on the scene. But in Boston, it's just been such a longstanding hub for life sciences and biotech and is more competitive than ever. So together, Kristen and Danielle will share their experiences as an HR leader and a recruiter and give advice on building teams and how to create a positive experience while hiring. So with that, here's competing for talent in the Boston biotech market. Hi, I'm Kristen Lewis, and welcome to The Mixtape. I'm a recruiting lead at Mixed Talent, responsible for building teams predominantly in the Boston biotech market, with companies ranging from stealth mode to medium-sized organizations. The Boston biotech market for talent is fierce, with over a thousand biotechs currently in the area. You can always expect that candidates will receive multiple offers. That begs the question, will they choose your company or one of the others? How do you attract and retain candidates you want or need? Believe it or not, talent strategy is an important part of your business strategy. If you want to achieve your goals in the Boston market, then you need the right people who can help you get there and help achieve the ultimate goal, helping patients. I chose today's guest because of a question a CEO presented me with. He was looking for an HR leader with strong business sensibility who could evolve an existing culture while also rapidly growing the organization. This is the person I immediately thought of, a person who can build the right culture and talent strategies to drive business outcomes, Jangyal Newland. Jangyal is currently the Senior Vice President, Human Resources at Viridian Therapeutics. She has worked with a number of impressive companies in her career, ranging from advertising startups to leading large global organizations. She is a champion of people, knows key drivers of success and retention, how to attract talent, and most importantly, she lives by her values. Danielle, thank you for being here today. Please tell us more about yourself. Thank you, Kristen. Um, it's great to be here today and to, to talk about what we love doing. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of time in the biotech uh, market. Uh, working particularly in Boston, Cambridge, um, 25 years plus total between financial services and and the biotech space. Really enjoy the challenge of uh, how do you how do you make it? Uh, how do you build it? How do you deal with the ups and downs? Um, started as a recruiter and really enjoyed that pace, but always thought about the aspects of, well, what happens after we hire them? You know, there's data lost as we evaluate people and bring them forward in the organization about, you know, what they need to develop on, on themselves in, uh, what do we want to develop them in, what are particular career paths we could bring them through. Um, so, as I went through larger and larger organizations, rounds of acquisitions, 
I really um, made the conscious decision several years ago to to get back into smaller organizations and be able to build the right uh, flow for talent through an, an organization. Uh, which led me to, as you mentioned, supporting several, uh, you know, stealth organizations, and now um, at Viridian, which uh, I'm having a blast. It's been a year, and we've tripled in size, um, moved forward to assets into uh, into our, our first in, in human, and um, really excited about the road ahead. Yeah, the company has been growing amazingly since you've been there, and you've been doing an incredible job. So I was just wondering, what is your strategy and model for success? Yeah, so I've made my own mistakes personally throughout my career and, and you know, picking companies and, um, you know, helping figure out what what to do and what not to do. Right. And so so that's the, the first thing uh, in my own model is 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 learning and um, sharpening my own evaluation skills. Um, so, you know, I, I got to the point where, um, you know, my strategy and model for success is uh, if, if you're in human resources, regardless of the position, you really need to evaluate the company's leaders. And if you have a chance to, um, you know, evaluate the board of directors, uh, depending on the size and shape company, they're going to play a key role in, you know, determining uh, pretty big factors like, you know, compensation philosophy and, and things like that. So I would say I made the mistake early in my career of, um, you know, not properly evaluating the leadership team um, to make sure I was philosophically aligned and, and we were philosophically aligned to drive the culture and the strategy the right way. So that's um, the first step. And, and then you have to make sure you're the right person to meet the the team, the leadership team and the organization where they are in their evolution. Um, we can't expect um, that all leaders know everything about you know talent and what human resources does. Um, I've certainly had many leaders you know, be surprised to say, wow, I didn't realize you know how involved this was or what a difference it would make. So um, you know evaluating the leaders, understanding your capabilities of meeting them where they are to drive, the change. You and I know that the tools aren't that different in HR from when we started many years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's really how you're you're um, working with the team and driving the needs of the organization. Um, you know this the second big piece um, is getting a sense of the people IQ or the people values within within an organization um is that going to drive the the um the culture and the change and the business model the way that that you need it to um so i i do spend a lot of time evaluating and determining right what the right you know competencies and values are for an organization um so for instance um you know, Viridian was remote before it was required to be remote. Um, I often say we were remote before it was was cool or necessary. <laughs> um, so, you know, making sure people could be um, very uh, willing to connect, very open to connect, see collaboration, and even the most stereotypically introverted 
types of roles, you know, in, in the scientific realm. Someone's going to want to reach out and, and want input. Um, and that um, on the other end of that, we have people who will have the ability to give good collaboration efforts and input. Um, number one, does do those things exist in the organization? And if they don't, um, how do we we train them into the organization to make it make it thrive? So I would say a lot of my strategy in, involves just evaluating and figuring out, um, you know, if we can meet the organization where it is to to drive the results that that we need. One of the things that you mentioned is that leaders think that the culture comes from HR. And I've heard that before. I actually was sitting mm -hmm. in a room once and there was a CEO who kept saying, I need HR and I need talent acquisition to drive the culture. And I just, at the end, eventually raised my hand and was like, I thought that came from you. <laughs> yes. So how do you, like, where do you really think, I know it comes from people, it comes from leaders, but where do you think it really, at its core, where it comes from? Yeah. You know, another mistake I made earlier on in my career is thinking, you know, I, I can be I can be enough, you know, to fix this culture and be out there enough and, you know, drive change and and, you know, spend time with all the employees. But it is a this is just a snowball effect of of um, not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the un when I'm talking about, you know, understanding the leaders, um, and evaluating the leaders in understanding their people value and their people IQ, the culture is going to, is going to come from them. And, you know, you can, you can shape it to a point, um, you can help them, you know, broaden and evolve their thinking. But, um, when the rubber hits the road, you can't, um, you can't train them out of, uh, you know, their thoughts of, okay, we're running out of money. So, you know, cut this benefit or, or do this or do that, you know, that the, the things that we're always poking at uh, in an interview process of, you know, how will you really show up as an individual in tough times? Um, so really understanding that, you know, that's going to drive um, ultimately what the culture will be. And if it will be successful or not successful, you know, based on 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 how we implement it. And you and I have talked at length about authenticity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's the the other angle of this. Right. You know, we can we can script leaders, you know, we can script CEOs to go out and say the right things. But if it's not authentic and people don't believe it and know that it's a part of their core values, it's it's so transparent um so you know there's what we say and there's what we do and um you know it's it's definitely the most important thing as i layer in the tactics of our strategy so selecting the benefits selecting the policies do these tactics support our culture and our strategy are we saying one thing about, oh, you know, we want you to, you know, have the freedom to be remote and, and to, you know, support your family, but then our benefits are crappy and they do the opposite. Um, and, that, and that's something that always fascinated me about um, the, you know, the device industry and the pharmaceutical industries, you know, we're supposed to be um, helping make people healthy and, you know, a lot of companies' benefits um, don't support that, uh, even, even in the space. Yeah. 
something that you mentioned was the authenticity. And I check in with new hires to see if the interview process aligns with their experience at the company a few weeks, months in. And so far, the feedback I've received is that we're able to keep that alignment between what we say in our interviews and what new hires experience. I feel like that is the ultimate goal. But how do you think we've achieved that? Um, A lot of upfront work, a lot of uh, upfront conversations, you know, just just, you know, taking it back to the basic of, of filling filling a job. The more work you do on the upfront of aligning with the hiring manager and the hiring team of, you know, what's important, what do we want? What you know, what do we what do we not want? Um, you know, doing the research into the market, um, you know, a lot of upfront work about, um, you know, determining what we need, when we need it, um, how how does it fit into the organization, what do we want this person to accomplish, do we have everything in place to accomplish that, and um, are we making sure our, our values and our, our different mechanisms are, are, are driving that. And then being consistent about about communicating it. It's hard in a smaller organization and growing so rapidly and being, you know, remote. We're in 16 states. Um, you know, we look for the, the best talent, you know, regardless of, of where they live. So it, it takes a, a, a bit of um, extra work to to communicate and align. Um, I was very lucky, you know, when I joined, um, you know, this this leadership team in particular and the, and the board. Um are all very well aligned in thinking that it doesn't matter how you know efficacious science can be or you know outside of the sciences sciences how great a product is if you don't have good people and you don't treat them well um you know you're not going to get anywhere so um you know we were philosophically well aligned from the get-go but um you know focusing on on putting the the right foot forward every every day in that and it worked really well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Now it's tough. It's it's been um you know to grow so quickly and um you know be in very tight markets. Um you know it, it it's worked well, but you know what a what a novel concept, you know, treat people treat people like grown-ups, grown-ups treat candidates like grown-ups, you know, be be respectful, listen. Um, we're launching a, a survey this month just to learn a whole bunch of things about um, what employees want for their future and need and, you know, how are you dealing with, with working working from home. We do it anonymous, anonymously, which really helps us get, you know, very candid feedback um, and, and asking questions about, you know, what do they need and, and what do we need to make sure we're going to have in this organization in the next year to continue to, to support um, and you have to ask those hard questions and be ready to deal with the answers. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's amazing because not only is it remote, but it's also a very diverse organization. So one of the things that the candidates love, I personally love, is that Viridian has a high percentage of diversity. I know, what, at least 58% women? 55%, 55% female and 32% people of one or more diversity category. That's fantastic. And how do you yeah. think that candidates see that? You know, it's interesting. This is this is an area that um, I I do ask questions about and have curiosities about. Um, you know, what we call diversity and inclusion today is just 
kind of been innate to, um, you know, the way that I've always, always looked at businesses and, um, you know, you, you need to have a business that is representative of your, uh, your patients or your customers, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, we're, we're working in, in disease areas in which um, the patient's caregivers are a super important component to the, the paradigm of their treatment paradigm. Um, so, you know, we, we look at our, our customers as our patients and the caregivers. Well, when you, when you break that down, um, a large majority of caregivers are female and um, you know, the, the particular, you know, diseases that we're working on, they don't care what your, your ethnicity is. Um, and we do know that, you know, particularly people in inner cities. So when I worked on, uh, allergy and asthma, uh, products years ago, it was inner city populations that were affected the most, uh, because of, of pollution and, um, within inner cities, there are obviously more, more people of diversity. And the particular company I was working with um, really had very little diversity on their, their sales team. And, and I pointed that out as a problem. Um, so, so here, um, you know, there was already a good base of diversity and gender um, that we just continued to um, attract, I think, in part because when people would come to the website and look at our leadership team, you see half women and half men, and you see an age range that runs the gamut, uh, and you see people of diversity, and then they would meet people in the interview process. Um, again, you know, we do the interview process over video so they can see us and and hear us and hear our point of views, um, and then you know the the benefits and the remote workability further um, attracted people who, you know, have some challenges in life. Maybe you're needing to take care of a, a parent and, you know, be available or a, a child. And um, so we were set up to to really welcome in people dealing with all types of, of situations in their life, um, which is important. I think one thing that companies and CEOs aren't thinking about when they're saying, okay, now everyone come back to work is, Childcare, you know, okay, I, I settled into a childcare routine where now I'm only doing, you know, afternoon daycare. And now you expect me to change that um, at, at the drop of a hat? I can't do that. You know, I'm going to have to get on a waiting list. I'm going to have to find, you know, a babysitter two days a week. Um, and, you know, what value does that bring to the organization? I got to commute for two hours a day. None of us want to go back to that. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I think that we outwardly, you know, made people curious about us because of the diversity um, that they were seeing and then um, felt supported by what they heard from from coworker, from from potential coworkers and, and people that they interviewed with about the flexible working ability and uh, the benefits to, to really support and, and meet you where you are as an employee. Yes, and you have made my job very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, I, I'm in that age group right now where I have elderly dogs and elderly parents. And, you know, I am so thankful so many days of the week 
thinking back to, you know, being in Cambridge, being an hour away from home and, you know, hearing that, you know, my dad had a, you know, a slip and fall or the dog's got to go to the vet and, you know, you got to switch everything around. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it makes us, makes us better, better humans, not just better, you know, coworkers and workers and, um, you know, people. It's it really has um, enriched our ability to be, you know, fuller, fuller individuals. Yeah. And the candidates definitely would agree with that that I've spoken to. That's great. And one of the things that was super interesting to us, too, um, is that we had several consultants who had been tenured consultants um, because they did need work flexibility. Um, and and I, I went through that myself years ago. You know, part of starting my consulting business was, you know, be, because, you know, there was something going on from a personal standpoint where I it just I couldn't commit to, you know, a nine to five, not that I've ever worked a nine to five in a day, <laughs> but um, I, I couldn't commit to that and being on site. Um, and what was so wonderful is after checking in with some consultants, you know, them saying, you know, actually, I'm really interested in coming on board full time if you need me, because I see how, you know, you, you, I could, I could do this full time and finally get the benefits and, you know, the equity that, that, you know, they rightfully deserve um, in those situations. So um, there's an opportunity to, um, you know, have the right setup of your organization that, you know, can allow in people who will be extremely valuable, who are potentially underemployed um, or or employed only partially as consultants, who could contribute at a higher level. Absolutely. And we've definitely brought on consultants. We've mm-hmm. gotten the interest of a lot of people that are consultants who are saying, but you know what, for a position like this, for a company like this, I would definitely consider going on full time. Yeah, it's been it's certainly been a help. And it's I, I always take it as a, the highest compliment that, you know, people who have been in the company as a consultant or a, a temp um, want to come on board full time. You know, they've seen behind the curtain, as they say, um, or, uh, you know, someone who's who's worked with with, you know, one of us in the past, you know, wanting to come back. Um, it's, it's always such a nice compliment. Yeah. And I think that even though Viridian, before the pandemic, before it was cool, was a remote, awesome culture that was already beginning like this. But throughout the pandemic, things have shifted very quickly. And I've seen candidates change their values. And it feels like Viridian was ahead of that curve, where now, post-pandemic, the company is already growing, has had this culture for years. There's no shift whereas other companies have to make that shift. So I feel like since we're already there, we've been doing a great job, and that's why we're getting a lot of really great people who want to join the organization. And I feel like it's been so easy, partially because of that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You know, you're absolutely right, Kristen. There were companies that really had painful shifts who had, um, you know, their pipelines slow down. You know, we all dealt with supply chain issues. Um, but more than anything else, the the employees and companies that were less ready to, to pivot to remote felt such a, a, a painful culture shift, uh, uh, you know, a, a 
technology not ready, slow down, um, and then just not having the technology in place to support what they needed, not having the tech culture. You know, we we have a very, you know, kind of easy way of, you know, communicating and, and um, you know, managing because we, you know, we're remote first. You know, if, if you need to, t- if you're an employee and you need the chief medical officer, you can send him a text. Just keep in mind he might call you on FaceTime. So if you don't have makeup on, you know, be ready. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, our, our culture is such that, you know, we're collaborating, we're reaching out, we're communicating, we're using, you know, all of the tools uh, to make sure that, you know, the company is moving forward. And, and if you're coming from a, a culture that is not adopted technology and communication and you got to go through a secretary or you got to schedule a meeting or you know you can't easily reach out to to someone or know how they want to be you know connected with then it's just it's just going to lead itself to being um a less than productive organization um and and that's very frustrating uh, to individuals and um you know a, a shift that doesn't happen easily all right. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. I think I just want to just go over a few things before we sign out and the few elements that we spoke about. So it seems like in order to compete for talent in this type of biotech, fierce startup environment, that the most important things to remember is you can't reach business goals without talent strategy. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Uh and in that HR and talent acquisition, despite what we want and what we think, cannot control the culture. Absolutely not. No, we can. We can be the bullhorn. We can. We can really, um, you know, help channel and and craft and you know make sure the elements are are felt and seen through um, our policies and and our benefits, but. Um, you know, as, as you always say, it's, it's the, uh, the authenticity and, and, and how we see the, the leaders demonstrate um, that is, is going to be the most telling. And that was going to be my third takeaway, to be authentic. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I say that we should really, you know, beyond being auth- just authentic, we should be authentically candid uh, you know, to each other and, and, and be open and honest um, in, a, in a kind way. Um, you know, that is, that is so important. Um, and it, and it, it, it moves into every part of the organization, you know, how we give feedback to candidates, how we give feedback to feedback to individuals, um, our relationships with our coworkers, you know, being, being authentic and being candid will make us um, really all get better. Um, and, and so it's, it's something that I'm so happy as part of our, our culture and it's something that we continue to work on, um, you know, even as a leadership team, um, to make sure that, you know, we're continuing to be the best that we can be, um, as leaders for the organization. And, you know, you can, as a small company, you know, invest in development, um, of your people at all levels. And, and, um, you know, I, I encourage, others to look at, you know, the, there's a lot of free tools, there's a lot of different things. Once you evaluate your organization, um, you know, figure out 
what is going to what's missing and what's going to drive the organization. And just focus on one thing. Don't focus on a bunch of things. Focus on one thing that's going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, one thing I think we all would want to know is what's your favorite interview question that you've ever asked or been asked? Um, you know, I tend to like interview questions that demonstrate, you know, people being able to to be agile, right? You know, we we always know that, you know, change is the only thing that's constant is change. Um, and so uh, I tend to to like the questions about, you know, tell me about a time you had to, you know, pivot. Uh, you know, what you were doing, how did you do that? You know, how did you communicate? Did they communicate it? How did they communicate it? You know, what was the impact? I think it tells a lot about an individual, um, you know, if they're if they're able to to pivot, how they pivoted, um, you know, who they, you know, what factors they, they involved in the discussion or the decision. Um, so, you know, those are the, the, question, the questions I like answering, but also I like asking. And being in a startup, that totally makes sense because you have to be agile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and even being in the, the largest organizations I've ever been in, you know, 50,000 50, employees, um, I found it, it just as necessary um, there as um, in, in smaller orgs, which is surprising, but true, I guess. Yeah. And since you're on the mixtape, I do have to ask you, what is your favorite song? Oh, I hate this question. Um, I love it. You know, you you know me personally, so you know that I I do like music a lot. Um, I will put my my little Bose speaker on uh, when I'm in the office and just working on something or or at home. Um, I will say my current favorite song, not all time favorite song, because that would be like you know picking a favorite child. Um, I love a band called Interpol, and there's a song called Heinrich Maneuver that just um, is a is a fun um, poppy song that uh, you know just always gets me in a good mood. I haven't heard of it yet. <laughs> it's old, old rock and rolly, punky, um, you know, band. Uh, not too old, but um, you know, I I uh, I do enjoy I do enjoy a bit of rock and punk. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go check it out. Great. Well, thank you, Danielle taking the time to connect with us today to discuss competing for talent in the Boston biotech market. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you to Kristen and Danielle for sharing your insights and experience with us today. My favorite thing that they talked about was the topic of being authentic from hiring through onboarding. And I've seen this in some of my career journeys, but um, I love that they received feedback from the team saying that, you know, the values and the culture align to what they were expecting once they've been onboarded and on the team. Yeah, I agree, Natalie. And even before that point of once you are hired and getting onto that team, I love that Kristen probes following an interview to see did that experience align to what you thought it was going to be for the interview. Mm-hmm. Did the culture match what your expectations were going into it? I love hearing the ways that different recruiters ask questions. You know, it's so important to ask that kind of information because these candidates are just as much interviewing the company as the company's interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And it's so pivotal that these um, experiences match up and they align together because you want it to be the best fit for everybody, mm-hmm. not just that the company is getting the best person. You know, you want the the candidate to feel like they're 
making the best choice for them and their career as mm-hmm. well. Yep, absolutely. It's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I think I could talk about this until I'm blue in the face because <laughs> I'm just really passionate about it. And that's something that we consider to be really important too here at Mix is mm-hmm. how you develop that culture. I thought it was really thought-provoking how Danielle said she's worked with some leaders who kind of expect that culture to be built by the HR leader or kind of come from them, but it comes from everybody who's involved. And there's only so much that one person can do to try and develop the culture for an entire organization. Um, And additionally, I think, you know, she can describe it as much as she wants, but it's really going to come down to how everybody is operating with that company and does it, you know, match up to what they say they want it to be once people start getting hired and brought in to continue to develop that. Yeah, that's a great point. And culture comes from within. You know, you got to you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And this time we've got new music to add to the playlist. A totally different vibe than what we've had so far. And I love that so much. I can't wait to add some Interpol to the playlist. So be sure to keep an eye out for that edition. And with that, thank you for being in the mix. We'll see you next week.